Jesus, you will know that they were concerned about the identity of him being a priest and he being a king. Oh, that was why the king asked him, are you a king? He said, for this cause was I born. You know, we, we, we ought to know that we, this is the glory we carry, the glory that you are both a king and a priest. The priest had problem with him because he operated in the office of the priest. The kings had problem with him because they saw him in the office of the king. <laughs> Look at that one, Herod. Even at the birth of Jesus, in knowing that Jesus was born, he had problems. He had issues. The king of kings is born. Ah, when the priest noticed the activity that, the, that was priestly, you know, in terms of all that Jesus was doing, they were confused. They were, they were disturbed. Oh, a man ah, carrying the king and the priest's uh, attitude, disposition, abilities, it troubled them. That's one of the things that confused them when Jesus came. And of course, like when, when, when we refer to how he was persecuted, how he was uh, crucified, you see those things come into play. The king and the priests were against him. Friends, we are kings and priests. Like we've read in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, that he has made us kings and priests. Uh, let's, let's not forget that the king also was anointed with oil in the Old Testament. Oh, like the reference uh, Reverend made concerning Saul on Sunday, you know, he was anointed with oil. <laughs> and of course, you know, when he met the company of prophets, he also prophesied. So they had a test of this thing. And they said, ah, he saw one of the prophets. He had a test of it. But he was anointed a king. David operated in the office. In fact, he was one that actually operated deeply in the office of the king and the priest. He wrote prophecies and we read about it. He wrote about the coming of Jesus. They had a taste, they saw the glory that was coming. The glory that is upon us now is that one person is both a king and a priest, both a king and a priest. And it's important we know that we are both kings and priests that we exist, I mean, operate in these offices is very important. Because if we don't know, we will just excel in, oh, I'm a priest, and will not excel in being a king. And you see some believers excel as a king, but they don't ex excel in the office of the priest. But we are called, we have been made to be kings, and priest. And this is in the order of Melchizedek. Now that's that's different from the order of Aaron. The order of Aaron is the priestly one. 
But when you look at the order of Melchizedek, it is both king and priest. Oh, he's called the king of Salem. But Abraham gave tithes to him. So he operated both in the office of the king and the priest. And when Jesus was to be talked about in, in the book of Hebrews, he said he came in the order of, of the king of Melchizedek. You see that? So what is the order? The order is that it is not of just the priest. It is not just of the king, but it is of the king and the priests. He operated in the office like Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. If you read Hebrews chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, you see the accounts of the office of Jesus and which we have come into because that's what we have been made in the order of, the, of Melchizedek, so to say. Let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Though he were his son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Nine, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. After the order of Melchizedek. Uh, you know, the psalmist talked about that in Psalm 110 verse four. If you look at Hebrews chapter seven, verse 17, he said, for he testified, thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. Why Melchizedek? Because he was a king that operated in the priestly office too. He was a king and a priest. So he received tithes. If you read about what the priest does in Hebrews, you will see that, especially in chapter five, you said it, it tells us that they, they, they receive gifts. They receive sacrifice. You know, when Jesus was even operating in that, he had order around his life. Mm, Jesus did. When he healed or he wants to heal sometimes, he will tell somebody to go and show himself to the priest. Go and show yourself to the priest. Because at that time, the priest is the one to certify you clean before you can go to the congregation of men. So there were things they did as priests. There were things that the kings did. But now we do the two. We are both kings and priests. And it's important we know that. And we must carry ourselves in the light of this knowledge because if we do not, we would be shortchanging ourselves. 
will be operating less than we ought to. We are both kings and priests. You've got authority. You've got the anointing that gives you authority as a king. You have got the anointing that gives you authority as a priest. We operate in these two offices. It's one of the glory they saw and they looked to, ah, something is coming. Let's look at Mark chapter three, verse 14. You know, the reason why we'll look at that is because of, I remember we had uh, the last time I thought here, I was talking about obedience brings strength. You know, the Bible says that what to them that their king rise up early to eat, except it be for strength. So there's when the king eats for strength. If you look at what we read about even Jesus, he said he learned obedience by the things he suffered. It was building strength. It was building strength. It was building strength for the office. Mark chapter 3, verse 14. When Jesus called the disciples, he appointed 12 of them. And he said that he might be with him, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. So as we go to preach, there's a gathering. There's a gathering to go express that office, the two offices, the office of the king and the priest, the same person king and priest in Matthew chapter 4 verse 18 Jesus still told them about this he said follow me in verse 19 and I will make you fishers of men there's a making of the king there's the making of the king oh I now remember Saul Saul was a king you know, he was anointed the king of Israel. But, you know, because it was a rush. Oh, we need a king. We need a king like every other nation of the world. And God gave them so. But when it came to David, God raised David. He raised David. David. After David was anointed, there was a raising. He raised David. Let's look at what that is in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. We eat for strength. We eat for strength. We are not kings that eat just because we need to eat. We eat for strength. Acts chapter 13. Verse 21. 
And afterwards, they desire the king. There's a desire of the world to see the king in us. So afterward, they desire a king. And God gave unto them Saul, the son of seas, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. Verse 22, and when he had removed him, but he was still seated in throne. When he had removed him, and we know what removed him, what removed him was not walking according to order, never waited for the priests in his life, did not wait for the word of God in his life. What he waited for was, ah, he wanted to please men. And of course, when the priest came, he told him, obedience is better than sacrifice. So we see that that which Jesus grew with in the order of, of Melchizedek, which is said he learns obedience by the things he suffered. But the things he suffered, he learned obedience. Even Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. So King Saul was not obedient to the call. So he was removed, but seated on the throne. But there's something I saw. He was giving. He was giving. But look at that verse 22. See what it is about David. He raised up unto them, David, to be their king. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. So he's going to be an obedient servant. Is going to be an obedient person to my will, to, the, to my word. That's the problem of Saul. You can't exist in the office of the king and be disobedient to the call. There is an order. There is an order. No wonder the scripture says that we have come to the pillar of truth, talking about the church. And when he was talking about that, he talked about orderliness in the church, orderliness in the life of an individual. You know, I was listening to a message one time, I remember. He said, that's why you also have self-control as one of the fruits of the spirit. So it means you must have orderliness in your life. You must have orderliness in your life. It was a man that was not orderly. He just went sacrificing. And when the priest came, he said, huh, huh, to obey is better than sacrifice. So to operate in this office or in this which we have come into, the glory we have come into, we must be obedient to the word. We must be obedient to the word must be obedient to the word. That's where the king gathers his strength for his office. 
That's where the priest also gathers his strength for his office. But interestingly, what a glory. We operate in the two offices. Every believer is called, is made king and priest. So it's important we know that we are kings and priests. So our oppression is not only in church. It's not only in church. In, in the office, we are kings and priests. At homes, we are kings and priests. In our compound where we live, we are kings and priests. So we don't go being orderly only in church. We must be orderly everywhere we find ourselves that the world might see the glory of God in us. Kings and priests unto God and his father. That's who we are. Saul had the problem managing that in his life. Oh, he was even operating only the office of the king. He was already disorderly. But look at David. No wonder he entered into the office of the priest and started prophesying. Oh, Saul had a taste of what he should do. You know, when he came to the company of the, of, of, of the prophet, he prophesied. And people were like, oh, what a glory. Oh, this is a glory. Ah, is Saul one of them? But because of disobedience, he fizzled out. He fizzled out of that office and fizzled out of the king, king's office. We must actually follow the Holy Spirit. He's leading us. He leads us now. You know, just like Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. Who we follow now is the Holy Spirit. He said, follow me and I will make you. The making, the making is in the eating of truths and obedience, obedient for truth. That's where the making is. Follow me. He said he will guide you into all truth. It means there must be a following. There must be a following. So the king follows. The priest follows. We have a high priest. We have the Holy Spirit guiding us, leading us, so that we can operate very well in our office, the office of kings and priests in the order of Melchizedek. Everywhere we go. So, but David was one that followed. He followed. And God was raising him. Was raising him. You know, he didn't get into the office immediately. Oh, somebody will say it's because he's a child. Oh, there was a king in Israel that was a child. So it's not about being a child. It, it, there was a need to raise. And it, it, it's there in the scripture. If you look at it closely, you discover that the, the, uh, Saul was giving, but David was raised. If you, come, if you look down, even Jesus was raised. In verse 23, talking about Jesus, of, of, of this man's seed at God, according to the promise, raised unto Israel, a savior Jesus, 
Uh, anyone who resists being raised never operates well in the office of the king and the priest. Never, never. You don't miss it. Never. It's a never. You have it, but you, you are already a king and a priest, but you must be raised. You must allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Otherwise, you will never operate in the office of the king and the priests. Oh, the scripture tells us, like what we saw yesterday, we heard yesterday, you know, when you, when you read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, all is by the Spirit. All is by the Spirit. Whatever you do without the Spirit, of course, it has become an idol. It's idolatry. Oh, there was a perversion of it. We saw it in the Old Testament, how kings were perverted, how priests were perverted in the Old Testament. Oh, my people, he's still there. He's still around today. If you read Revelation chapter 3, chapter 2, chapter 3, you will see the perversion of kings and priests. Where the Bible, I mean, even Jesus himself was telling us about, uh, you know, the doctrines of men in the midst of the church. Uh, and Jesus was saying that he hates it. You know, those were the things that perverted the king's office, that perverted the priesthood office. They perverted it. And it happens if you are not careful over your life as an individual. It can happen in a church. He said, thou tolerated the woman Jezebel to teach. Thou tolerated Nicolantine. You know, these people were not raised. Or oh, thou tolerated Balaam to teach. These people were dead, but they were existing. Their spirit were existing in the church. They were existing in Asia Minor, the churches in Asia Minor, the seven churches in Asia Minor. Why? Because this, the devil, through his spirit, would want to pervert the office of the king and the priest. He has not stopped. So we must know who we are. We must know who we are. We are both kings and priests. And it's not only in church. In our offices, where we live, we should be solutions to situations. We should be answers to questions. And there must be orderliness. And it begins with us. You know, when we yield to the Holy Spirit, it begins the orderliness within us. Because we become obedient. Obedient. Some of us think he's suffering. No! It's strength we are gathering. Jesus gathered that strength of the office. But the things he suffered, he obeyed. He obeyed. Oh, when Jesus went to pray, you know it was a suffering to yield to the will of God. It was a big one. He sweated like blood. He sweated thick. There was a suffering. Why? He wanted to be obedient. You know, sometimes it's not palatable to be obedient. It's not. Because sometimes it's not to your advantage. But it's for you to gather strength for your office. It's to gather strength for your office. The office of the king and the priest. It was not palatable. Saul, Saul was, 
Uh, the people have said, the people have said, the people have said, if you follow the people, you don't follow the spirit, <laughs> you will be disobedient to the call. So, ah, the people have said, that's why I sacrificed. He said, to obey is better than sacrifice. And he lost his office as a king. But he was seated. He was seated on the throne. But it was no more there. You know, I'm just imagining how, how the priest those days, after Jesus had, 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 had uh, you know, resurrected, after he died and the cutting tore, <laughs> there was no office for them again. There was no office. But they still stayed there. They stayed there. They stayed there. We will not agree. We are still here. It's better to be led by the spirit and be obedient to the call. Some yielded. He said, follow me and I will make you. But some still held on to the office because of disobedience. We'll not leave this place oh, until the cutting tall. The holies of holies that they think only them can enter. Everybody could enter. Everyone could enter. It's important to be obedient. That's where we gather strength for our office. The office of the priest, the office of the, of the priest and the king. That is where we gather it and obedient to the Holy Spirit. That's what it is now, now. He said, I'll send you another comforter, the spirit of truth. It will guide you. It will lead you. It will guide you into all fruits. Brethren. We are to operate in the office of the king and the priests. That's the glory that they saw. Ah, they peeped into. They envied us. Mm. They without us be not made perfect. This is where the perfection is. Where a man, a woman operates in both offices. And we must be conscious of it. That was why. You know, in Galatians, he said, the, 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 the heir, as long as he's a child, different nothing from the servant. Do he be Lord of all, he will be under tutors and governors until the time appointed. We are kings and priests. We must reign. We must reign. That's what we have been called to. It's our glory. We must reign. We rule everywhere. We reign everywhere. Even creation is waiting for our manifestation. We are kings and priests. Say to yourself, you are a king and a priest. Speak to yourself, you are a king and a priest. Those circumstances around your life don't define you. The word of God defines you. And you must keep confessing this and operating in this order. It is the order of Melchizedek. Father, we thank you for that which you have bring, uh, brought us to. This glory, this glory where we operate as kings and priests. Lord, we receive grace to be obedient to the call in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that as we go out, we'll, be, we'll give solutions, answers to questions because we operate rightly and orderly in our office. Thank you, faithful Father, for whom you have made us. We give you glory.
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Have a blessed day. And...